Welcome to Achieve Wealth through value-add real estate investing. This is the show where the guru hype is banned and you get direct insights from commercial real estate operators. If you're a passive investor, this show can help you better understand investment opportunities. And if you're an active investor, the lessons from each episode can help you to become more effective in your own deals. Now, here's your host, investor and author, James Kandasamy. Hey, audience and listeners, this is James Kandasamy from Achieve Wealth Through Value at Real Estate Investing Podcast. You guys should definitely check last week's podcast where we featured Dr. Glenn Mueller, who has 45 years of commercial real estate market cycle analysis experience. And he is the one guy that most of the institutional uh, big players uh, sought after to find out where are we in market cycle for different, different asset class or property types, as he call it, right? Apartments, industrial, hotels. Uh, warehouse and uh, you know a lot of other property types in commercial real estate so it's an awesome show uh, it's called commercial real estate uh, market cycle state of the union uh, you guys want to check it out there's also a webinar that came with it so you want to send me a mail to get into that webinar if you want to see all the slides that he presented and today i'm happy to have Corey peterson from kahuna investment hey Corey, welcome to the show thank you bro all right, Corey. So Corey has been having like almost $95 million in asset that he has acquired and managed. And he buy across seven different states and he does some of the uh, student housing and some of the conventional housing. We're going to go very deep into uh, his his operation, his structures, and how is he killing it in this age of commercial real estate and how hot is the uh, market cycle right now. Hey, Corey, uh, did I miss out any of the uh, introduction? Do you want to fill up? No, nah, man. No, that's it, dude. That's, uh, we, we, and we have a best-selling, I'm a best-selling author too. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. That's the copy your secrets to success, right? Yeah. Copy your way to success, standing on the shoulders of giants. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I've done all my life. I've just copied other successful people. Yeah, absolutely. Why you want to innovate, right? So <laughs> you just copy the guys who are being very successful, hard, I know, work hard. Good chance, and, you'll be, yeah, good chance you'll be successful too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Corey, I mean, uh, when did you get started? Because I heard this Kahuna investment and I thought some, some company out of Hawaii doing this and I was very intrigued. I mean, it's a nice name. I think it's a, it's a good brand and Oh, thanks. I saw your pictures walking on the beach with your wife and making it like everything is, uh, you know, very, very nice. And Sunsets and palm trees, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset and palm trees, yes. And then yeah. there's another thing that you always say, say in the last part of your podcast. What is that? Your paradise is possible. Your paradise is possible. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I started in, I started my company in 2005, but really how I got into real estate is you back up about a year before that in 2014, something magical happened to me. And my wife uh, was married to, or my, uh, my mom, my mom was married to this man named Bruce. I call him Bruce Wayne. Okay. He wasn't Batman but he was loaded. He had lots of money and he had a house. Guess where in Hawaii. And so I got invited me and my girlfriend. Now my wife, 17 years got invited to go to Hawaii and we get there and the guy has a house right on the beach. And I mean, it's, it's nice. He's got nice cars. He's got fine art. And I mean, if you've ever been to Hawaii, it's, it's a magical place, magical, the mountains and the, the ocean and just it was really cool. And I remember walking the beach and walking the cove and I was looking at his house and I'm like, man, 
what does this guy do? Because he had something different that I've never seen in most people because he had time and money. You know, he really had um, a different aura about him. And so I asked him, I'm like, what do you do? And guess what he said? He said he was in real estate and he owned apartments. Hmm. And uh, so I left the island thinking that he was the big kahuna. He had time and money. And, uh, and then about six months later, I read the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I realized what Bruce did. Bruce was a real estate investor that bought multifamily apartments. And, um, and so uh, in 2005, I, you know, I read every book I could on real estate and I was ready to jump in. And I had to sit down and well, you know, name up my company. And I was like, man, I'm going to name it with the end in mind of where I want to end up. I want to be the big kahuna. So I called it Kahuna Investments. And I've been on the journey ever since, man. And what's crazy is I might be buying his house uh, next year. Oh, that's like yeah. the, um, the vision board, right? So yeah. And then you might be buying it. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty cool. So what did you start? I mean, you realized that this guy, you know, you saw one guy who, you know, who has a house and he revealed that he buy apartments, invest in real estate. So what was your first step to get started? I mean, well, you know, I actually did a self-assessment and said, gosh, well, I'm not anywhere close. I didn't have any money or credit. Um, I started off as a wholesaler. I, I just went, I went to the local RIAs, Real Estate Investors Associations, and sat around and, you know, um, I asked the people that were hosting the event, hey, who are the players? And they'd say, you know, this guy, this guy, and that guy. And so I would just make sure I sat right next to him. And then I'd be asking them, hey, where do you guys like to buy? How much rehab do you like? Um, and, you know, really kind of figuring out what their model looked like. And then I'd be like, well, I find deals like that all the time. Would you pay me a fee to, if I could find you a deal like that? And they said yes. And um, so I started wholesaling. Um, then I actually did something that changed my life forever. And that's probably what we'll talk about is I raised my first piece of private money and I did it by accident. And I did it with a guy. I was asking him for his help. I wasn't even asking him for money. I was just sharing my business plan with him. And then he eventually said, well, Hey, I'm interested. Can I invest in that deal? And, um, and that really is my secret sauce of how I've raised uh, a crap ton of money. Last year, we raised $10 million of private capital. And that's not too bad. And, uh, but, but more importantly is we did it really cheap. We raised cheap capital, which I believe um, most people are overpaying for their money right now. So let's go into deep into the cheap capital, right? Because that's very important in this market cycle, right? So I don't believe there are deals which is expensive. I just believe that you can't pay for it or your money is not cheap enough to buy that deal, right? right. You, can, you can find people who want 0% interest in the world. Right, because they may get be they may be getting some other tax incentive, and that that is okay for them. Right? So I think the golden one of the golden nuggets in buying deals in this hot market where everything is expensive, and you're competing with all the syndicators and all these uh, you know institutional buyers, a lot of people from the coastal cities, is to find investors who are willing, who believe in you, and who believe in the in the risk adjusted return. Right, so where you have really good investment, you know, even though it's lower return, but really good investment, good operators, you know, but uh, so, so people who are willing to take lower returns compared to what we used to have in the past three to five years. Well, right? now it's low returns based on what, right? So let me, so this will, let me, we'll start by doing that. Okay. So 
what I've, this is now my background was a financial advisor. I was actually a financial advisor as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So I sold stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs, bonds, all that stuff. Uh, I worked for Edward Jones. um, And that was my MO is, is to go raise capital and, uh, you know, and put these people's money in investments, typically just mutual funds. And I'm going to tell you that there's trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars out there that are investing in the stock market and IRAs and things like that. And what's the average return that they're making in their accounts? And I would say if you ask most financial brokers, they would say six to eight. If someone had a blended return for all their stuff, they're like, hey, if you can make a six to eight return, percent return, annualized return, that's really good. Then you have what we call, what you're talking about is, I call it smart money. And what I've learned to do is not fish in smart money ponds. So I'll give you an example of what I mean by smart money. That's, you know, you go to a real estate, uh, a multifamily convention, and everybody there is smart money, right? They're not going to give you their money for, uh, you know, 6 to 8% or 12%. They want 20 and they want a piece of the GP, and they want a piece of the back end, and they want, you know, want all the upside. That's how smart money works. Or family office money. That's really smart money. They want to use the power of their money. Like, we got all kinds of money, and if you want it, we want a big piece of the deal. And they let you have a small carve-out as the syndicator, as the you know, one that's bringing the thing, but they put a high price on the money. And so what I've learned to do is to flip the script. And I'm telling you, I don't know why people don't do this more, because when you really look at the opportunity, the one thing that we can do, so he who has the cheapest cost of capital, in my opinion, wins, right? If my cost of capital, that's why REITs and all these things are so powerful, because they can raise really cheap capital and they're raising, you know, millions of dollars. So how do we play the same game that the REITs are playing but playing it on a smaller scale. It goes to then trying to find the right avatar for money. And so I've simply defined the right avatar. The, what my target person looks like is an, a doctor, dentist, lawyer, uh, heavy or high professional, high income earner that invests in the stock market. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. And that they don't do anything with real estate. They don't even know real estate's out there. They wouldn't have a clue on how to do it. They don't go to uh, conventions. They don't meet where real estate guys hang out. They have. They just go to work. And there's lots of people out there like that. And so when you, if you can go reach people like that, um, they're getting 6 to 8% already in their retirement money. So if you can show them 12, and by the way, so we structure, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go through structure too maybe. But you want me to talk about structure a little yes, bit too? Yes, let's talk about your syndication structure because it's very interesting. And we can come back to the, how do you source, uh, you know, that type of investors? Yeah. So I started to titrate this down. It's kind of like a science experiment. When I first was doing raising money, it was like, let's give 20% and all the back end. That's how I started like everybody else because I needed to find a deal. I needed a track record. I need to prove myself. So sometimes you got to have to give up a lot just to be in the game. And then as you start getting experience, you learn to titrate it down. And so my structure is this. We provide a 6% PREF to investors with, and the way it reads in our PPM is it's a 6% PREF. Then upon disposition or refi, 
they get an additional or get a total return, including the PREF of 12% annualized. And so all that means is that, and it's actually on the back end, it's a 50-50 split until they get a total return of 12%. And so, and what that means is that, so they're getting 6% PREF. We understand what that means. They get first dip out of the profits. And then on my sell, all I got to do is, is hit another 6% annualized for as long as they've been in the deal, and then they get no more money. So my investors will only get a 12% total return. Now, why would someone do that if there's other syndications out there? And here's how I've learned how to pitch it right. and, and talk about what we do and why we, I think we're different is because we're trying, what we've learned is we if we can create consistency in the marketplace, that's what that's what investors want. They want solid, dependable deals that can pay you know quarterly checks, we pay our investors quarterly, and when they do that, they're willing to take a, a smaller or lesser return. But in their minds, it's not less because most of my investors are in the stock market, which is currently six to eight. So 12 is winner. Like So if you're to ever go to a, a financial advisor and ask them, is 12% a great return? Most financial advisors are going to say, what? Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's my opinion. What, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I think. Yeah, yeah, it's also a risk-adjusted return, right? I mean, twelve percent on something that you can't control versus real estate, right? Which has much more lower risk compared to a lot of other investment, right? It's, it's a much better return compared. Yeah, to because the they look market. at it, it's the roller coaster, right? Like they really look at the stock market; they know it's a roller coaster. And one of the ways I try to educate my avatar, that those people that are in that, like a lot of times, I work with a lot of retired people or close to retirement. And so they've had their 401k or what all, you know, their solo 1ks for their practice and stuff like that. And they've got a million or $2 million of money sat there that they've, they've grown over a period of years, but now they need to produce a paycheck. And so what they're in their mind, they're already thinking about, I'm going to go to my broker. And, you know, at this point in time, they're, they're thinking about how long do they have to retire, right? How many years are they going to have to be retired? You know, and now that that number keeps getting longer, 25, 30 years. And so then they start worrying about, am I going to run out of money and how much do I need? And so the, and then they ask their advisor, hey, what can I invest my money in and not have any risk? Well, stocks, that's risky. Mutual funds, risky. So what's left is bonds and CDs. Well, CDs don't pay anything. So then it's a bond, maybe a bond. And a bond typically yield is maybe 3 to 4%. And it only pays annually. Well, that's not really good for someone that needs to budget and create, you know, and pay bills. So if so, if, if the average is three percent, that's what a financial advisor would tell you. If we give the six percent pref, now they're like, hey, I can make, I can budget and create and have a paycheck, and I'm doubling my paycheck based on what my financial advisor was going to give me. But then, you know, but then there's like, hey, but wait, there's more. There's the backside of, you know, guess what? Our tenants, because we do apartments, our tenants expect rents to go up and we never disappoint them <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, as we raise the rents, we're going to raise the value of the property. And so you'll get to share some additional profits at the end. And so in investors' minds, the avatar that we talk about to 6% is already great. A 6% payer that pays quarterly, there's just not, there's not something out there in the stock market that does that good and consistently. And so we can, we solve that problem first. And then it's like, but the bonus round is you get more money in the end. And they're like, oh my God, I get more money. So now I have a, a chance for growth 
or to at least keep up with inflation because they're going to be retired for 20 years. You've got your buying power has to keep up and ramp up too. And so that's the story that we tell. And we've been really successful in raising 6% uh, and, and I call it six and six, a total return of 12. But, and then what it does for me, it lowers the hurdle. It lowers like the, the, between the deals that when investors, when I'm looking at a deal and if I didn't have cheap money and I was at 20% or 20, 20 plus, a lot, a lot less deals qualify to be deals. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you should be able to find higher quality deals, you know, because of the, the money is cheaper, right? So let's go to step by step on how did you build this niche investor base? Because maybe it's not niche. I mean, it's just a more of a perspective, right? So yep. it's just maybe we are just not looking at it or we have just, uh, you know, used to giving... So- uh, yeah, this is great. Now, this is going to be really cool. So I should have my wife in here because she'll tell you how she does it. Because now I'm pretty good at it, but my wife's the master. Oh, okay. So now my wife comes from the pharmaceutical industries. Okay. And this is kind of how we stumbled on this and why we're doing so well with it is her background was pharmaceuticals. And every day she'd go in and talk to doctors, dentists. Well, hers was just doctors, but it's we've realized it's the same. Um, talk, no matter if it's doctor, dentist, chiropractors, we like, but by the way, we don't like talking with doctors as much as we like dentists and chiropractors. Yeah. Those are our two really places that we hit. And Shelly goes in just like she's a drug rep, right? And we're actually training. We've actually just hired um, our st- staff. We're, we're actually hiring just people to go out and represent my company and go out and tell the kahuna story. And what they do, I mean, we go, we go door to door. We go every day, door to door. She goes and knocks and, and talks with doctors, dentists, chiropractors, and, um, and, and dentists. And we tell, you know, she does lunches. She goes into, and all we talk about is the power of apartments. And we tell our story. And then we set lunches. And then uh, every month we have a, an event where we bring all those people that are interested. And I tell them, you know, give them the big picture. And then I show them how they can use their IRA to invest in real estate. And that's, it's no harder than that. That's all we do. So do you focus a lot on getting IRA money or do they, do they also give cash? IRA money. IRA money. Okay. Got it. Got it. That is the secret kids. (laughs) IRA money. Now, like, okay. So what it's not great for and this is now you have to build this up. It takes a little time, but listen, Ask me how many people bug me when I'm in my syndication. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like that one investor, sometimes it's the big dog. It's got all the money, right? And it's like, well, what's this? What's this? Oh, my God. What's this? Said no one never in my deals. Why? Well, IRA money, right? Some things that they can't touch anyway. They're just they're, they're quiet as a mouse. They're just happy, man. They're happy with 12%. They're like static. They're so cool. How if man. someone want to put cash, uh, would you take it as well, or you just? Yeah, I mean, we take a lot of that money too. But like, but the difference in our avatar is that type of person. They're busy working anyways, and all you got to do is do what you say you're going to do. So if you're going to say, "Hey, we give a complete monthly financial packet," we call it our dashboard. It's about a hundred pages, right? Like it's a really complete overview of our properties. It goes up every month, but it's so detailed. And then we kind of, I usually write you know, a couple of paragraphs of what's going on in the deal and we meet their expectations. I tell them this is what they're going to get. They do get it. They get it on the time that I said, 
And then everybody, I mean, no one really complains or, or, or has lots of other questions. There's no squeaky wheels really in, in our deals, which is great. Yeah. So let me, let, let me recap the, uh, the secret, right? So, so basically you have, you and your wife have this connection where you, you know, you have these high net worth individuals and you look for chiropractors and dentists, right? And why not doctors? You want to know the real answer? <laughs> Is it because, uh, I mean, they're broke. Okay. Okay. Because doctors are broke. Don't, don't let it general practice dot now specialists, not so much. Okay. Right. So we like specialists. Um, but we've just found like the chiropractors and dentists are working with cash, right? If your teeth hurts, you're going to go get it pulled. And, um, I just like those guys. I just like those guys better. Got it. Doctors seem to have God complexes and, and I'm no, I'm, I'm absolutely stereotyping here. So mm-hmm. I apologize, but like, I'm trying to be blunt too, that like, I know my avatar, we would like, when you're looking for money and you have a certain type of money that seems to do well. Why try to go find something that doesn't? Yeah, yeah. Stick with what works and just do more of it. Yeah. And so we found those dentists and chiropractors are very warm to us and are easier to access than doctors and um, and love the story. And a lot of them are just have a financial advisor. So what we like to say is that we're just an alternative to the stock market. So our whole marketing is just geared up to tell them a, a story, right? get them interested. They raised their hand and said, I want to know more. They'll usually come to one of our monthly events or they might do a one-on-one. They can do a one-on-one with Corey. And then we start working to create a substantive relationship. Right. And so we have, you know, what basically we tell them our, our story. And then to say, if you'd like to learn more about us, um, you know, you got to fill out our accredited investor. And so then they fill that out. Now we have that documented. We've got usually a couple more uh, type of correspondence and we have a whole email process that goes out and we found that it's very effective in cultivating new leads. We'll call them new leads. You know, they all are ready at different points in times of their lives. And, but there's what I like about it truly is that it's a local, we have a big local presence here in Phoenix. Oh, so a lot of your investors are Phoenix based. Yeah. And more and more, I like, we're actually, it's becoming more and more. And we're kind of really excited about that because we want to start doing galas, right? Some galas and stuff at the end of you know the year. Let's do a fundraiser or do a charity event where we can invite all our investors. They can mingle, and you know we can set the stage for for that kind of stuff. Super excited about it. To me, that's how we're going to get more capital too. It's just by loving on our, our ones that have money now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you you know if you work, if you take care of your current investors, you know they're going to be recommending others too, and they're going to be just comfortable with you, right? And I mean, a few days back, I had an investor with me. They said there was one liner question to me, James: Can I have a, an investment opportunity just like an annuity? He just want like just give me cash flow in consistent, which is I realize there's so many investors out there who wants that, right? And you are very you are very right in terms of uh, finding that people who wants it, and you should be able to cater for them, and yeah. that's okay, right? There could be some guy out there who's promising twenty twenty five percent IRR, but he may be some random guy who they can't trust. But I see that going on in the marketplace. You see, I know you do too. There's so many people out there that are especially new syndicators that are coming out. And they don't even know what a deal looks like. And they're offering these stupid returns. And I see it all the time where people promise something, but what they deliver is absolutely different. Correct. And so I just say, just, you know, we want to give a real return, not a, 
not a, a you know smoking crack return, but just a real one. Yeah, yeah. And a lot and, of people think, have uh, made a lot of return just because the market has compressed, right? The cap rate is compressed, not because they did a, a damn good job. Right? They didn't do anything great. It was just because the market allowed it. Yeah, it covered <laughs> up a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and yeah. it's coming. It's change is coming. We both know it. And those people are going to be found out quickly. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sorry, it's 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 becoming a market where you have to have a strong oper- you have to be a strong operator to really do well in this market right so so let's go to a, a bit more detail into you know nurturing this niche group of investors right so you yep. meet them and then you have this you know monthly meeting uh, and is it at night is it on the weekend and what it's do you It's usually do? at night it's on well it's in the night and it's usually on the weekends we have started trying to do a lunch and learn we call it lunch and learn it's not as successful as an evening, but when on the evening ones, we don't do a big dinner. We just, we do it at an event. We have some cocktails and it's only, you know, an hour and a half, two hours long max. And we're just really efficient. We just tell the story. Usually I'll do it with an IRA partner, right? Like specialized IRAs or, you know, like, you know, Quest, somebody that's, because I'm going to show them the, the why apartments. And I call it the, I have a canned speech. I call it the power of apartments. And I just talk about what I'm talking about in that speech is demographics and what we do, like our special sauce, which is, you know, you talk about the baby boomers, all they're, they're all downsizing, they're renting apartments. You got millennials that don't want to own. More and more people are choosing to rent more than ever. So we talk about the climate. Then we talk about the product, which is we buy old apartment buildings, affordable housing, not Section 8. And then, and then we also do student housing. So we talk about those two groups of things, and then we talk about um, why why apartments make sense. You know that you know they take uh, you know cash and they're like factories. They take in cash in the form of rent checks. They grind it through the factory process and it spits out profit out the back door. That's what we manufacture. And um, you know then they're like little cities, and and we don't need every you know if everybody doesn't show up to work, we're okay because it's you know it's a community. People understand that sometimes you got to talk in metaphors with people so they can understand the concept. So we do that in, uh, event and it works out really well. Most people actually fill out our accredited investor form there so they can start. And then we set up uh, one-on-one calls with them to talk and kind of go more in detail about their investment goals and strategies. And really, we're trying to see if they're the right fit. We don't want just anybody to be a part of our investment group. And we call it the deal room. So once we uh, feel like they're the right fit, then we accept them into the deal room. Then we start another kind of drip campaign, which is an email marketing campaign that talks about who we are, our team, our process. You know, there's about four or five canned emails that go out over the, you know, one in a day for the, for five days, um, just to really tell and let, you know, not, don't take our word hear one of our investors. So we have testimonials built in. So the whole time, and then not only that, but we also, let me see if I can grab this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. For anybody that's watching on, you know, watching this, you know, we have a whole canned series of uh, direct mail uh, uh, cards, you know, and so we believe that these things, um, so we hit them with direct mail, we hit them with emails, we really take the time, this is one of my favorites, right, <laughs> the cash flow life. So is that, <laughs> a paper copy that, is that a paper copy that you sent to them as a mailer? Yeah, these are just, these are just, uh, just regular um cards right and that have a nice picture and then a little story at the end that just says who we are again all we're trying to do is we we're setting up the long game and you've got to set it up by 
um, doing something different. And we like direct mail a lot. We like the, everybody does email, but direct mail is, is a lost art. And so that's our nurture campaign. And then from there, we just have, uh, you know, when they first come on board, we're going to have monthly calls for the first uh, four months and because the, they're actively waiting to invest. So we got to wait till we have an active deal. So we're just nurturing them until we actually have a deal. And then we start working and say, dude, would you like to invest in our deal? And so that's kind of, and then from there, we just, then after they, maybe they've invested, maybe they've not, then we start having, we have a quarterly loop. Every quarter, um, we're going to give them a call and we're trying to find like things like, these are really important things, but what do they love to do? Like, what do they like to do for fun? One of my favorite questions to ask investors, what do you like to do for fun? And the reason I like that is because it's a answer that has nothing to do with real estate or making money. That's important because they're going to tell you, Hey, I'd like to golf. And man, don't think that we're not writing detailed notes here, right? Likes to golf. You know, what's your favorite place that you've golfed at? You know, because maybe we might send them some golfing tickets somewhere. You know, like we're always looking for ways to love on our capital. You know, we, someone's sick. Oh, my God. We're really, you know, we're sending flower baskets. You know, like you've got to key up to these types of because people are going to tell you these things. And but the best part is once you really know what they do like to do for fun, that really becomes the open. In other words, if I'm calling an investor before we even talk about anything else, if they like James, if you said to me, "Hey Corey, I like golf," so my first talk is James. Now, have you been? What's what's how's golfing, man? What, what have you been doing up? What are you up to golfing? What's the last play? What's the coolest place you just golfed at? You know, and you're going to tell me all about it because if you're passionate about it. It's something and we're going to have a great conversation about it. And then we finally get to business. And that's, that is, to me, that's what this business is about. That's why I love this business is it's relationship based and people don't understand the power of relationships. And if they did and how to nurture that, they would be way more successful than they. And I'm, that's why I'm, I'm hoping I'm giving some value here because that is the one thing that's made me super successful is understanding that relationships are important. Yeah, yeah. I think the personal touch is so important with the investors. I think it's just super critical, right? Uh, because they are basically trusting you with money and you want to, I think you are, you are genuinely trying to understand them, trying to really help them with their investment as well. I mean, yeah, they, make, they become your friends, right? I think your investors become your friends. Not always, you know, but, but like there's a good, there's a good deal. So we don't always talk. We don't always go out, but when we do have our conversations, they're always fun and enjoyable. And I don't have all the conversations. So I'm, I'm actually trying to build a business where I'm the CEO, right? I have one or two touches, but my team has these interactions with them. And, and that's where we're actually headed is where Corey's not on the phone every day with my investors, my team is. And that's what we're developing now is that team approach that um, kind of like I'll call it the Edward Jones model. You know, I worked for Edward Jones, but I never met him. Right. But I'd go, but all the clients that I had that I worked hard to get were truly the companies were Edward Jones clients, and but they listened to me. And so that's what we're building now is uh, our staff and people that go out there and, and help raise capital for our company and telling them the Kuna story. But that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing the detail of how you nurture these this, uh, passive investors who, uh, who are willing to you know, invest with you, you know, with, with the returns that you're talking about. And, and it it's just makes sense. I mean, there are people who want to invest the IRA money for a solid uh, you know, investment with a good operator where they trust, right? And that's more yeah. important than 
you know expecting huge return and giving to someone random or people you do not know whether they can execute or not and and you know promising you know high returns right and doesn't yeah. I don't think so you came with this returns recently right so I'm sure when you started you had a, you said you had a 20% return 20% then we went to like 9 and 9 okay then I went to 8 and 8 then I went to 7 and 7 and I've been at 6 and 6 for a while now so and I feel like that's the that's probably where I'll stay I might go 5 and 5 so did your investors who invest with you drop in terms of number of count and how did you deal with that yeah so every time i tie traded down i lost a couple i lost a couple not i didn't lose a lot but i lost a couple people but a lot of them come back around a lot of them even though they said no in the beginning once they truly left knew that i left the station and then i called them back up cuz i still call them back up come on john like man I, that's where we were but this is where we're at now and i like you and like let me let's work some of that money yeah all right all right and- you know take my money cory <laughs> <laughs> and did you like in from beginning itself did you focus on the ira money thing from the beginning itself or did you nah, yes and no yes and no. i started with just friends and family right which i guess was ira money or a lot of it was ira money but i just really as i've gotten um more in tune with it i do, i learned that that's a nice honey hole now i i always lead with ira money but a lot of people it's it's kind of a eclectic group Some people have cash money, some people have IRA money. I work with both groups and both of them are, you know, usually these investors are fairly high earners. And so they do have some cash. Um but I would but I would find that most of their real wealth is in their IRAs. And now my typical investor invests, you know, initially 100,000, that's our that's our minimum is 100,000 and then um from there that's usually their first deal is usually the minimum. Uh, but we very commonly have 2 to 400,000 segments. I don't normally have 800,000 or 700,000 or million dollar clients. I have a lot of 200 to 3 to 400,000 investors all the time. And is it per deal or is it total investment? Per deal. Like so like, you know, if I got a 3 million dollar raise, um I'm going to have a lot of, uh, you know, probably half of them are going to be 100,000 new investors. and then the other half is going to be those 2 to 300,000 dollars that that they're coming in for their second deal now they're pushing more in because they saw the concept and they liked it and um and then they give us their bigger chunks got it got it but i'm really cool with having those 100,000s because that's my new database and i'm always wanting to get new people in deals yeah. so they can experience the kahuna way yeah i don't know whether you have this data or not. do you know how many unique investors do you have I don't I don't have it off hand but uh not, it's not easy to get yeah. so but but, roughly, but we get a lot of, but we do have, I will say this we do have um a lot of repeat investors just okay. like you I mean once they give you money and I want to say quickly the last thing I I really want to make sure that I I say this right here you can't see it if you're listening to the audio but this is a one of the things that I have done religiously is a self handwritten uh letters and and so this is like a letterhead so this is business letterhead everybody needs to have a high quality stock letterhead and I'll call it envelope letterhead like a 5 by 8 type of letterhead on thick cardstock mine has gold uh kahuna investments and then my name but it looks like it's coming from the CEO of a fortune 500 company and what I do with this is that I am big and I mean I am emphatic about 
handwriting personal notes. When I meet somebody for the first time, if we had a really good conversation, I keep it in my backpack. I'll pin a handwritten note. And if I don't have their address, I'm like, hey, man, how do I send you some correspondence? You know, or, you know, or if I like them and I want to put them on my Christmas list, I need to put you on my Christmas list. What's your address? People give it to you. And then you can hand wrote a thank you note and say, hey, you know, James, it was really good meeting you the other day. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Let me know how I can be of service. Right. Give me a call. Like, let's do coffee. And that, my friend, has been one of the, it's a forgotten art of a handwritten thank you card. But man, I'm telling you, that is money. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time when I met you at at a conference in Denver, right? Uh, You had a big bag behind you and you gave me a book. Copy access with your signature. I must be a high quality client too. (laughs) There it is, brother. Absolutely. I mean, we have a good relationship, right? So that's, that's, I, I still have the book. I, I can see that you have written in the front and I, I appreciate that. And you are right. I mean, that, that personal classic touch is so important and people just feel that connection. I also heard you call your investors on your distribution day. Yes. Yes. I really you try to call the, the, not, well, not always, but I try either someone, someone on my team calls. Okay. I don't, I try to call and okay. I'm pretty good at doing it most of the time. But um, on that week or whatever, I love calling and saying it's payday, right? I mean, that's a fun – if you could call your investors once a quarter and say, hey, John, guess what day today is? It's payday, right? Or guess what week it is? It's payday week, right? Um, you know, just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you. And, you know, hey, John, we got some deals coming up. Who do you know that I should know? One of my favorite lines, who do you know that I should know? that needs to get a return like you're getting that right now. And then you shut up and let them give them a moment to give you an answer. Silence is golden. Yes. Yes. And, and a lot you, of times you do. And if you said, if you don't call, you have your team members calling, right? How big is your team members? Uh, we've got a team of four. Team of four. Okay. Yeah. So I got uh, an admin, a VA, and um, uh, I call him uh, Mr. Everything, which is like, his name's Isaac. He's my intern that turned into a full-time but uh, he really is right now. He's doing underwriting for us okay. and, and acquisitions. And do you have an office or do you work from uh, remotely? From- work, I work right here at my house, man. This is it. This is sunset. Got, and, uh- yeah. I've got my, my desk right here. I've got uh, Isaac's is right behind me. Uh-huh. We've got a net, another desk to the right. That, that person we kicked out because it was getting too crowded in here. <laughs> and then I have, I got another room. I got another part of my house. That is the other part of the command central with two other people come to work every day. Oh, cool. So you have a house office with people working in different parts. Yeah, they come in. It's kind of uh, eclectic, but uh, I'm too, uh, listen, we're supposed to, like, we all want maybe to get an office, but um, I just like working from home so much that I just make everybody come here. But I'm okay with that. Like, you know, so it it works for now, but we've really talked about maybe going to the next level and going to a real office. I'm living my best life. And so I always say, well, why? Why do I need to do that? You need this to works. Office, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's so much of information that you have given to me and to audience. <laughs> so it's, it's, I really appreciate that. It's just so, I think the way I, I can, I can uh, summarize the approach is basically, you know, look for these investors that has the cash, right. And, you know, nurture them by educating them, you know, through the monthly meeting. And of course you do all kind of personal touches, there's so much of personal touch and your cards are so professional. Your pictures are very professional. And, uh, you know, it just people feel like you're dealing with somebody really, really high quality, right? Yeah. And yeah, trust you, right? And that's so important, right? And, and yeah, and they'll take less for and they'll And by doing that correctly, 
they'll, their confidence goes up and then their expectations of what they really want. Cause people want 20%, but they'll take a solid return all the time. Yes. And so we've just been said, listen, we give the solid return a real return. And that means something to our group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes consistency is more important than, you know, getting this high return. Right. So, yep. yeah, I've seen syndicators who given, you know, huge return the first two quarters of operation after that, for the next four years, there's zero return. Yep. Right. So that there is you go. better than giving an average return or even a, a slightly lower than average return consistently. Right. Because people can expect that. Because for, for passives, I think they're just giving you the money. They just want to, you know, get something consistently rather than getting a huge, uh, you know, uh, lottery money coming in a while, right? So that's it. That's awesome. All right, Corey, I think you've added tons of value. Can you tell our audience and listeners how to get hold of you? Yeah, man. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can go to uh, A, listen to my podcast, the Multifamily Legacy Podcast, or go to kahunawealthbuilders.com. We got a free gift if you want to opt into and get my free book. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on uh, to the show, uh, Corey. I've learned a lot and you have added a lot of the. What is the last word that you said? Uh, Your paradise is possible, brother. Paradise is possible. I need to get one for my show too. (laughs) Awesome. All right. (laughs) Okay, bye. Thanks, bro. That's it for this episode. If you'd like to learn even more, check out James's free audio book. It's the audio version of his best-selling book on passive investing. You can get the audiobook completely free, along with other valuable resources, by visiting www.achieveinvestmentgroup.com forward slash free audiobook. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group too. To find it, just do a Facebook search for Multifamily Investors Group. Thanks for listening. Join us again for another episode next week. See you then.